فَإِن طَلَّقَهَا Then if he divorces her, meaning if the husband divorces the woman for the third time, then فَلَا تَحِلُّ لَهُ Then she will not be permissible for him مِن بَعْدُ After that. After the third divorce, she is not halal for him anymore at all. Neither in the iddah nor afterwards. In the iddah he cannot do rujur. And after the iddah, he cannot remarry her. When it comes to the first and second divorce, then what happens? Can he do rujur in the iddah? Can he? Yes. If he doesn't do rujur, afterwards can he get married to her again? Yes, he can. But the third divorce, Allah says, فَلَا تَحِلُّ لَهُ مِن بَعْدُ She is not permissible for him after that. There is no chance that the two will get together. حَتَّى until There is one case where the two can get together again, where they can get married, where if تَنْكِحَ She marries, meaning the woman, she gets married to زَوْجًا A husband, غَيْرَهُ Other than him. Meaning other than the first one. So she gets married again to somebody else. فَإِن طَلَّقَهَا Then if he divorces her, meaning the second husband divorces her, then فَلَا جُنَاحَ عَلَيْهِمَا There is no sin upon them to who? The woman and her first husband. أَن يَتَرَاجَعَ That both return to one another. يَتَرَاجَعَ From رُجُوع رَاجِيمْعِينَ There is no sin upon them if they return to each other, meaning if they agree to get married to one another. But what's the condition? In ظَنَّا If they both think أَن يُقِيمَ That they both can establish, they can live by حدود الله The limits set by Allah. If they think it's going to be the same fight, same arguments, then they should not get married again. But if they think that no, we can make it work. Only then they should get married. وَتِلْكَ حُدُودُ اللَّهِ And these are the limits set by Allah. يُبَيِّنُهَا He makes it clear. لِقَوْمٍ يَعْلَمُونَ For those people who know. So those people who have knowledge, only they will benefit from these commands. So what do we learn over here? We see that after the third divorce, the husband and the wife, they are not halal for each other. In their iddah, no rujur. And after their iddah, no nikah. Unless... By chance, coincidentally, the woman, she gets married again, and then her second husband divorces her, or he dies, so she's single again. So she's single again, and that ex-husband, the first husband, he finds out, and he feels bad, and he says, okay, you know what, I'm sorry, but whatever happened, that consider, but consider this again. So they think that, okay, this can work out, and they get married, yes, it is allowed for them. Question. Can somebody do this deliberately? Like, work this out somehow? So for example, the husband gave three divorces, one after the other. Okay? Three divorces, three separate occasions. It happened, the final divorce happened, the idda is over, and now there's no way that the two could ever get back together. Now, both of them, they are not that emotional anymore. Okay? They're not that angry anymore, and now they're little children. They are staring up, where is daddy, where is mommy? And they both miss one another as well, and they regret over what they did or what they said. So they go to one sheikh, and another sheikh, and another sheikh, finding out that, can we get together somehow? And everyone says to them, no. Unless, you know, the woman, she gets married to somebody, and then by chance that marriage breaks apart, falls apart, and then you two can get together. 
So they say, okay, let's find someone. Let's give him $5,000 and tell him, please come to the city hall with me. Okay? And let's just get an imam and just do a nikah over there, only pay for marriage. And then over there, only you give me divorce. So we sign the divorce papers and done. And then I can get back together with my first husband. This is called hilala. People actually do that. People actually do that. But this is something that is not allowed. This is something that is not permissible in our religion at all. In fact, it's something that is forbidden. If people do this, there's something very serious. Because this is mocking at the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Making fun of the religion of Allah. Playing with the religion of Allah like the Bani Israel played with the religion of Allah. They went fishing when they weren't supposed to go fish. Right? They found loopholes. Using hayal, tricks in their religion to get your purpose, to get your objective. And if people do that in this ummah as well, it's the same thing. So this is not something that is permissible at all. It can only happen when it happens coincidentally. By chance it happens, not deliberately. Okay? And also remember that this nikah that takes place between the woman and her second husband, this is not just paper marriage. This is not just ijab and qubul. No. It means that both get married to live with each other. And they both have relations with one another as well. They both have relations with one another. In a hadith, we learned that the wife of Rifa'a al-Qurazi, she came, Aisha radiallahu anha is saying, she came while I and Abu Bakr were with the Prophet sallallahu And she said, I was Rifa'a's wife, but he divorced me. And it was an irrevocable divorce. He gave me now the final in divorce. And then I married Abdul Rahman ibn Zubayr. But I'm not interested in him, in the way he is, his physical body. So the Prophet ﷺ merely smiled and he asked her that it's as though you want to remarry Rifara, meaning you're insulting your new husband because she started saying things about him that were in a way inappropriate. Okay, So the Prophet ﷺ smiled and he said that it's as though you are interested in marrying your first husband. right? It's as though you are interested in marrying Rifara. But he said, no, you cannot unless you experience the honey, the Rusayla, of your second husband and he experiences yours, meaning until you have relations with each other. Because nikah here does not just mean paper marriage, it means actual marriage. Because the word nikah literally means sexual intercourse. One of the literal meanings of the word nikah is intercourse. So over here, hatta does not just mean ijab and qubul, but it means Actual marriage takes place. Both are living together. And then afterwards, he divorces her. Why? Why do you think? Why do you think this restriction is there? This law has been placed. So that people take the matter of divorce very seriously. They take the matter of divorce very seriously. That if the third divorce is given, then khalas. You cannot have your wife back. She is not yours anymore. She can become somebody else's, but not yours anymore. So be careful. And believe me, sisters, if this law was not there, many men would divorce their women. 
very easily. One after the other, very easily. Many people, when they're angry, they divorce one after the other, one occasion after the other, and then within a few years, the family is broken. It's finished. Because people don't take the consequences of divorce seriously. And when the third divorce comes, then they are worried and they're scared and they go fatwa shopping. Going to one scholar after the other, wondering if the divorce that happened was actually a real divorce or was it not a real divorce. You know, many times it happens that people approach my parents wondering if the divorce that happened was actually a real one or is it just is it not going to be counted. So like, you know, they will say that, oh, but it was given in anger. The divorce was given in anger. What's the response to that? Who gives divorce in? Happiness. Oh, my dear wife, you were divorced. <laughs> you may leave. I don't love you anymore. Who says that? Nobody says that. When a man gives divorce, yes, he is angry. He is very, very mad. But even in anger, what are we required to do? Control ourselves. Think about the consequences of what you're going to say. So be wise. So this is something very serious. And if men take this seriously, that if the third divorce is given, then she's not mine. She's, she can get married to somebody else, but she cannot stay with me. Then they will have some ghira. You know, some protective jealousy. And because of that, they will control their tongues. Yes. Yes, it can happen over a phone call even, over an email even, over a text message even, over Facebook even, over Twitter even. Any means of communication. If the man communicates to the wife, I divorce you, then she is divorced. Okay? I remember somebody showed me a picture of a text message once. It said, dear whoever, the wife's name was, I divorce you, I divorce you, I divorce you, love so and so. <laughs> it was just a picture. I mean, somebody had made that up just for fun. But even that would count as a valid divorce. So be careful. If you ever come across that picture, make sure you tell your brothers or your husbands not to even forward that. You know? Because you never know. In a hadith we learned that once Umar anhu, he was approached concerning the case of tahlil, of hilala, that how a man and a woman... Uh, you know, they got divorced. The man gave three divorces to his wife and the, and the woman, she intended to get married to somebody else in order so that she could marry her former husband. So he said that if the participants to tahleel are brought to me, I will have them stoned. Umar anhu, the khalifa, he said that if that woman and her second husband who merely got married to her just so that she could get married to her former husband, if they come to me, if I find out about who they are, I'm going to get them stoned. This just tells us about how serious this matter is. This is not a joke. Divorce is serious. But people threaten each other with divorce as if it were a joke. It's a very serious matter. So this means that when two people get married, they should get married with this mindset that we are committed to each other. We are committed to one another. You should love your husband. The husband should love his wife. And whatever deficiencies, whatever faults you see, you say, okay, never mind. This was in my qismat. This was in the qadr that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreed for me. So you have to make do with what you have. Yes, you wish your husband's hair was very thick, but okay, it's not. He's getting bald. Too bad. That was in your qadr. 
Your husband wishes that you had long hair, but your hair doesn't seem to grow. So, qadr. Okay? The husband, when he divorces the wife, he has the choice to take the wife back in the idda. But in the case of khula, the wife took the khula. Okay? And now she regrets her decision. She wants to go back to the husband. Does she have the choice? She can propose to him, but it's up to him to accept or not. Because you see over here, nikah has to take place. Okay? In the case of khula, the woman needs to get out of that marriage as soon as possible. Because of whatever reason, whether it's abuse, whatever it is, she needs to get out of that marriage. Okay? So this means that women should also be very, very careful when seeking khula. Because many women do that and they regret later. Yes? So if the husband pronounces divorce on the woman, Okay, she is in her idda, and the husband changes his mind. He says, "Okay, no, you know, we should get back together." So he wants to do rujur, but the woman says, "No." Can she say that? Can she? No. She cannot refuse. She can talk to him and say that, "Look, you better take this seriously, man. I mean, you hurt me. Okay, you broke my heart. You punctured my heart." Okay, you did this, you did that. She can talk to him, she can set conditions, she can make him realize that, look, you better take this seriously, this is no joke. Okay, she can make him realize, and that's all she can do. If she does not want to be with him, then she should seek khula. Okay, but as long as she is in the house of the husband, the husband is the qawwam, and he will have the greater right. Okay, And if the woman had the choice to say no, I don't think any woman would say yes. She would always say no. Because women don't forgive easily. If the husband gives divorce, it will be considered talaq. But if the wife seeks divorce, whether before consummating the marriage or after consummating the marriage, it will be considered khula. Okay? One more thing, since the question was asked about, do you have to follow the law of the land as well? Yes, you do. Okay? as long as it does not contradict the laws of Islam. Okay? And one more thing about that, that when you're living in a particular country, and you get married the shari way, please also get married the legal way. Also have your marriage certificate. You need that. Yes, your husband said that he loves you. And you say that you love him. And you don't need to go to city hall and get your marriage registered and get a marriage certificate. Still, you have to get that for your own good, for the good of your children. Because there have been many cases where marriages have fallen apart, but the women have suffered because their marriages were not registered. You know, once this lady, she mentioned her story, her problem, that she got married. She had two children. Things weren't working well. She was angry. She left the house of her husband. She went to her parents' house, like it happens typically. And she took the kids with her. She was in contact. She was in touch with the husband over the phone, over email, whatever, for some time, for about a year or two. And they were trying to get things to work, but they weren't working out. He wouldn't agree over certain things, and she wouldn't agree over certain things. And then he did not contact her. She did not contact him. And now several years have gone by. 
she does not know what his cell phone number is she does not know where he lives she does not know whether he lives in this country or somewhere else she has no idea where he is is their marriage registered no she wants to get married to somebody else can she no she cannot take khula she cannot be given divorce she cannot get her marriage annulled by the court nothing she's stuck she's stuck she can't do anything she can't do anything she's stuck like that unless some other serious steps can be taken but until that can happen she is in a great problem so please sisters take this seriously because many women think oh it's not a big deal i mean yeah my father is doing something my husband is doing something i don't know much no it's your marriage it's your wedding be aware of what's happening yes yes she can but until she finds a muslim court i mean she lives in this country she's going to have to go to either the somewhere else to have that marriage annulled by a muslim court so please take this matter seriously recitation فَإِن طَلَّقَهَا فَلَا تَحِلُّ لَهُ مِن بَعْدُ حَتَّى تَنكِحَ زَوْجًا غَيْرَهُ فَإِن طَلَّقَهَا فَلَا جُنَاحَ عَلَيْهِمَا أَن يَتَرَاجَعَا وَتِلْكَ حُدُودُ اللَّهِ يُبَيِّنُهَا لِقَوْمٍ يَعْلَمُونَ وَإِذَا طَلَّقْتُمُ النِّسَاءَ And when you divorce women, the husbands are being addressed, the men, that when you divorce the women, and this divorce is the revocable one, the marratan one, not the final one, but the raj'i one, the raj'i divorce, when you give that divorce, فَبَلَغْنَ أَجَلَهُنَّ And then when they reach their awaited term, Balagna, ba lam ghain, balagha, to reach. So when they have reached ajalahunna, what's ajal? Ajal, from the root letters Hamza Jim Lam, is used for a period of time. Okay, so for example, three months, five months, two days, 23 years. Okay, and ajal is also used for a specific point in time. So for example, the end of three months, the end of two years. Okay, so they reach the end of their ajal. What does the ajal refer to? Their idda. Ajal is their idda, the waiting period. So a woman is divorced and she reaches the end of her waiting period. How much is the waiting period? Three menstrual cycles. So that term is about to end. It's about to end. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَأَمْسِكُوا هُنَّ بِمَعْرُوفٍ أَوْ سَرِّحُوا هُنَّ بِمَعْرُوفٍ Quickly make up your mind, O men. أَمْسِكُوا هُنَّ Keep them from imsak, mim sin kaf. Either you keep them بِمَعْرُوف in a manner that is appropriate, and if you don't wish to do so, then سَرِّحُوا هُنَّ from tasrih, sin raha. Let them go. How? بِمَعْرُوف in the manner that is appropriate. If you want to keep them, then you have to Follow the rules. Follow what is supposed to be done. And what is that? Establish relations. And continue normal, happy life with her in a decent manner. 
And if you don't wish to do so, then sabrihuhunna bimaruf, then wait until the end of the waiting period, and until then do not have any relations with her at all. And once the waiting period is over, then let her go. Sarrihuhunna bimaruf. Now talaq, the rajri one, is to be given in the state of purity. When the woman is not having her period. So again, a man cannot just say, oh, I'm very angry, so divorce. No, it doesn't work like that. The matter of divorce is not merely an emotional one. It's a very serious matter, so a man has to use his mind. And he cannot give divorce when the woman is menstruating. He can only pronounce divorce on her when she is in the state of purity. And it should be that state of purity in which sexual relations have not been established. Meaning since her last period, there was no sexual relation between the husband and the wife. If he had relations with her, then he cannot pronounce divorce. He has to wait until she will have her period and she will become pure and then he can pronounce divorce. This is the correct way, the sunnah way, the right way of giving divorce. Now if people followed this, how many people do you think would be divorced? Not many. Right? Not many. People would be very careful in giving divorce. Because when do people pronounce divorce? In the height of anger. But we see that in the time of anger, if a person reacts, then he will be hasty in making his decisions and he will regret later. He has to wait until his anger cools down, until he is feeling better, he can use his mind and he can make a rational decision. So in the state of tuhr, in the state of purity basically, the husband can pronounce divorce. And then, فَبَلَغْنَ أَجَلَهُنَّ Then the waiting period begins. Three menstrual cycles. And once the cycle ends, the third one, then what does it mean? The idda is over. But if before that, the husband had relations with her, then they continue with their married life, did not take complete effect, but one chance is over. وَلَا تُمْسِكُوهُنَّ And do not keep them. Meaning do not keep the women ضِرَارًا In order to harm them. ضِرَار is to cause harm to someone. What does it mean? To cause harm to someone. To harm another person. لَا ضَرَرْ وَلَا Right? So وَلَا تُمْسِكُوهُنَّ ضِرَارًا لِتَعْتَدُوا Do not keep them in order to harm them so that you can transgress against them. So for example, the husband says, if I divorce her, that means I can't take anything back. But she's not happy anyway. So I should not divorce her. I'll wait until she takes khular. When she takes khular, she has to give me back everything. You understand? He is keeping her in order to harm her. What does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Don't do that. Or a person says, you know what? I don't like this woman anyway. So until I can enjoy her, I'll enjoy her. She can't refuse me anyway. So I will just use her once and again and again. And then once the final divorce happens, then she can go away. But until then, I will use all my three chances to divorce her. Allah says, وَلَا تُمْسِكُوهُنَّ ضِرَارًا لِتَعْتَدُوا This does not befit a believer that he would harm another. 
even if it's just to take revenge, so-called revenge. No, it doesn't befit a believer to do that. If you want to keep them, you keep them in a manner that is approved as a husband and wife live. Don't keep them in order to torture them, in order to abuse them, in order to harm them. Because you say, oh, what can she do? Oh, what can he do? Right? And whoever does that, takes the wife back in the iddah just so that he can harm her more, Allah says, فَقَدْ ظَلَمَ نَفْسَهِ That in fact he is harming himself. He is committing injustice against himself. Because in a hadith we learn, مَنْ ضَارَّ ضَارَّ اللَّهُ بِهِ وَمَنْ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ That whoever harms another, Allah will harm him. And whoever makes difficulty for another, Allah will make things difficult for him. So, وَمَنْ يَفْعَلْ ذَلِكَ فَقَدْ ظَلَمَ نَفْسَهِ So, many men do this, that they will not divorce the wives just so that they can take khula. And they keep abusing them, they keep harming them, they keep torturing them. They don't want to look like the bad guy to the public. So they don't divorce. They wait for the woman to be in that desperate, miserable situation where she is forced to take khula. So Allah says, whoever does that, he is actually harming himself. وَلَا تَتَّخِذُوا آيَاتِ اللَّهِ huzuwa, And do not take the verses of Allah in mockery. What is huzuwa? To make fun of something. Do not make fun of the verses of Allah, the commands of Allah. What does it mean by this? That the commands that Allah has given, don't mock at them by not following them properly. By misusing them. Because when people don't follow the commands of Allah properly, then what do others do? They make fun of the religion of Allah, don't they? Right? They say that, oh, who gives divorce like that? Nobody does that. They make fun of the religion of Allah. Oh, the woman has to khula like this. So they make fun of the religion of Allah. And also we see that when a person is not following the rules properly, then he is mocking at them. He is mocking at them. Doesn't it happen? Isn't this the case? When people don't follow the rules, it's as though they are mocking. That, oh, it doesn't make any sense to me. This is why I'm going to disregard it. This is why I'm going to oppose it. This is why I'm going to contradict it. Allah says, don't do that. وَلَا تَتَّخِذُوا آيَاتِ اللَّهِ هُزُوَا How, in the case of divorce, can the verses of Allah be mocked at? First of all, by pronouncing divorce three times at one occasion. Or by giving divorce to a woman who is already in her idda. This is what? Mocking at the commands of Allah. Because remember that incident where the man pronounced divorce to his wife three times and when the Prophet ﷺ heard about it, what did he say? Is the book of Allah being played with while I am amongst you? Played with, you're mocking, you're making fun of the religion of Allah. Another interpretation of this is, وَلَا تَتَّخِذُوا آيَاتِ اللَّهِ هُزُوَا That divorce, this is of the commands of the shara'ir that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has revealed. This is a legal ruling that Allah has revealed. And if a person says, oh, I divorce you. No, no, I'm just joking. This is mocking at the ayat of Allah. This is mocking at the ayat of Allah. Abu Darda, he said, saying expressions like, you are divorced, and I am joking. The person says, I divorce you not, just to hurt the woman. This is what? Making fun of the religion of Allah. Allah says, وَلَا تَتَّخِذُوا آيَاتِ اللَّهِ هُزُوَا And 
Ayat, remember, are of two types. Ayat shari and ayat kauni. Ayat shari, the laws that Allah has revealed. Ayat kauni, the creation of Allah, the things that Allah has created that are signs, that are evidence of His power, of His greatness, of His wisdom, of His knowledge. So for example, the sun, the moon, the rain, the clouds, the weather, all of these are what? Ayat. But if a person says, did it have to rain right now? If he says, the sun has to be like this, the moon has to be like this, and if people start making fun of each other's bodies, then that is also what? Mocking at the ayat of Allah. Just last night, somebody forwarded me an email about this young woman who has a very rare disorder in which her body, it cannot have any fat. Okay, So she has 0% body fat. 0% body fat. So you know how when you have cheeks, right? And you have a chin. Some people have double chin, right? You have fat on your arms. You have muscle. You have fat all over your body. She doesn't have any of that. She weighs 60 pounds. And in her entire life, she's never weighed more than 62 pounds. So she's basically like a skeleton covered with skin. She has to eat every 15-20 minutes to get energy. Her body cannot store any energy. It's a very rare disorder. And when I found out about that, I thought this is a miracle. This is a miracle. This is of the ayat of Allah. That Allah can create a person like this even. When this girl was born, her parents had to find clothes from toy stores to put on her. Because even preemie clothes would not fit her. She was that tiny. She weighed only two pounds when she was born. But she is now 20 plus years old. In fact, she's a motivational speaker. This is an ayah of Allah. But people have made videos and they have dedicated websites to make fun of her, to make fun of her body, to say that you should kill yourself, you're the ugliest woman. They make fun of her. And she's going around talking to young people, giving inspirational talks, motivational talks, telling them how to stand up against bullying and so on and so forth. This is of the ayat of Allah. But what do people do? They continue to mock, they continue to make fun. Somebody has a nose that you find funny, you find different, you find strange, and you start making fun of that. Somebody has hair that you think are different, so you start making fun of that. Their height, their hands, their feet, their nails, their eyes, their eyebrows, whatever. Is anything spared today? Is anything left out today? People make fun of anything and everything. And they're making fun of what? Ayat of Allah. Why do our eyes have to be like this? Why is it that in our lives this has to happen? Why do we have to eat? And they start making fun of every little thing. Allah says, وَلَا تَتَّخِذُوا آيَاتِ اللَّهِ هُزُوَا Don't make fun of the ayat of Allah. Women develop eating disorders. They develop serious psychological problems because of their body fat. But even that is a blessing. Even that is a ni'mah. So, وَلَا تَتَّخِذُوا آيَاتِ اللَّهِ هُزُوَا Whether shari or kawni. Don't make fun of the commands that Allah has given. وَذْكُرُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ And instead, remember the blessing of Allah upon you. Which blessing? All of them. 
At the time of divorce, people forget what? All the good things that they have enjoyed. What do they remember? All the bad things. Allah says, وَذْكُرُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ Whenever a husband and wife are having a, a hard time, a difficult time, the only thing they think of is divorce. And they forget all the good things that they have enjoyed. The many years they have spent together. The many things they have enjoyed together. Allah says, وَذْكُرُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ Allah gave you the blessing of a spouse. Allah gave you the blessing of wealth. Allah gave you the blessing of happiness, freedom, luxury. You could travel with your husband. You could do so many things with your husband. You've forgotten all about that? And all you can think of is that he just doesn't remember you that often? He doesn't send you text messages that often? Is that all you can remember? وَذْكُرُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ Remember the blessings of Allah. alaykum. And especially which blessing? The blessing of the deen, the blessing of Islam, the blessing of guidance. That okay, your husband is not the perfect man, but at least he's a good human being. At least he is a righteous servant of Allah. Be grateful for the fact that he goes to the masjid. He's not a womanizer. He doesn't do haram. Be grateful for the blessing of the deen. And then you'll be able to tolerate the difficulties as well. وَذْكُرُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ وَمَا أَنزَلَ عَلَيْكُمْ And also remember what Allah has sent down upon you من الكتاب of the book والحكمة and the wisdom. The book meaning the Qur'an, the wisdom as in the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. Remember them, meaning follow them, observe them. Because they are great blessings of Allah. Without them, you would be in clear misguidance. يَعِلُكُمْ بِهِ Allah instructs you with it. He admonishes you with it. يَعِلُ From the root letters, To admonish, to advise. So Allah advises you with it. With what? The Qur'an. With what He has revealed. وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهِ And fear Allah. وَعْلَمُوا أَنَّ اللَّهَ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ عَلِيمٍ And know that Allah is knowing of everything. He knows about your circumstances. He knows whether... The husband that you don't like is really a good man or not. He knows about the bias that you have, the ingratitude that you may have, the suffering that you have. Allah knows. So Allah knows about everything. Ask for help from who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Many times when it comes to marital problems, people go towards their families and they go towards marriage counselors. Yes, you should seek help. But they forget to seek help from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who knows the situation better than anyone else. You know, your parents don't know your situation completely. The marriage counselor does not know your situation completely. Who knows your situation completely? Allah. So don't forget to seek help from Him. Whenever you have any marital problem, turn to Allah. Ask Him for help. Ask Him for guidance. Because Allah can even change the hearts of people and we cannot do that. If Allah wants, He can create love and affection in the heart of your husband for you. But no marriage counselor can do that. No parent can do that. No great uncle, aunt can do that. So seek help from Allah. Let's listen to the recitation. وَإِذَا طَلَّقْتُمُ النِّسَاءَ فَبَلَغْنَ أَجَلَهُنَّ فَأَمْسِكُوهُنَّ بِمَعْرُوفٍ أَوْ سَرِّحُوهُنَّ بِمَعْرُوفٍ وَلَا تُمْسِكُوهُنَّ ضِرَارًا لِتَعْتَدُوا وَمَنْ يَفْعَلْ ذَلِكَ فَقَدْ ظَلَمَ نَفْسَهُ 
وَلَا تَتَّخِذُوا آيَاتِ اللَّهِ هُزُوًا وَاذْكُرُوا نِعْمَةَ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ وَمَا أَنزَلَ عَلَيْكُمْ مِنَ الْكِتَابِ وَالْحِكْمَةِ يَعِظُكُمْ بِهِ وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَاعْلَمُوا أَنَّ اللَّهَ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ عَلِيمٌ So, one lesson that we all can take is that we should all stop commenting on the ayat of Allah. Unnecessary commentary. That when it comes to weather, when we're stepping out and it starts to rain, don't say, it had to rain now. Don't say, yeah, it had to be sunny now, you know. And then, yeah, everybody has a good laugh. It had to snow now when I don't have my winter boots with me. So please, let's stop doing that because this is not right. Whatever happens, whether it's in the sky or the earth, it happens by the decision of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we have no right to object to that. We were learning about divorce and what the procedure of divorce is when a man may pronounce divorce to his wife, what the consequences of that are, and in which case can a woman seek divorce, and how that procedure is. When a man gives divorce, what is that called? What is that called? Talaq. How many chances does he have? Two. The third is final. When he pronounces the third one, that's it. They can never be together again, unless what happens? By chance, she marries somebody else and that marriage breaks off. So then she may marry her former husband, her previous husband. And if the woman seeks divorce, what is that called? Khula. Can a woman just seek divorce just like that? When can she seek divorce? When there is a genuine, real reason where she feels that this is not going to work out because I cannot give the haq of my husband, this marriage is not going to work out. So in that case, she's going to seek divorce and that is called khula. Now, imagine that a man pronounces divorce to his wife and that is the first or the second divorce. So that means it is which divorce? Talaq al-Raj'i, the revocable divorce. And during the idda, they don't get together. So what's going to happen? What's going to happen? It's finished, right? The three menstrual cycles she spent in the house of the husband, there was no getting together. So now she's going to go away. That marriage is completely finished, she's gone, right? But this was the revocable divorce. Let's say after a year, after a year, the man, he starts to miss his wife. Now reality hits him when he has to do the laundry himself, and he has to cook himself, and he misses his kids, and he misses his wife. Before he was thinking, you know what, I can live on my own, I'm happier like this, I'll find somebody else, but he doesn't find anybody else either. Or, he realizes that what he did was wrong. So now he wants to get back with his previous wife. Can he? Is there a possibility? There is a possibility. But what's the procedure? He has to propose her. And then a nikah has to happen. Let's say he proposes her. And even she feels that yes, we should get back together. But the father is like, never. Never ever. He insulted me. He insulted my daughter. He kicked you out, you're never going back again until I'm alive. Or the brother steps in, he's like, this is never going to happen. You're never getting back together. So 
Does she have any choice over there? Can she do anything? Is the father or the brother allowed to prevent that marriage from happening? Are they? What's the case over here? What should be done in that situation? Because this happens many times. You know, people when they're emotional, in their anger, in their frustration, they pronounce divorce, and then later on they regret that decision. So, what should be done in that case? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَإِذَا طَلَّقْتُمُ النِّسَاءَ And when you divorce the women, طَلَّقْتُمْ from طَلَاق Meaning the men are being addressed over here. That when you divorce the women, فَبَلَغْنَ أَجَلَهُنَّ فَبَلَغْنَ From ba, lam, غَيْن بَلَغَ to reach. And the noon over here is for feminine plural. So they have reached أَجَلَهُنَّ Their أَجَل What is أَجَل? What is أَجَل? A period of time or a specific point in time. And what is this ajal referring to? Their idda. Because their idda is a specific period of time. Three menstrual cycles. Right? Or ajal is also a specific point in time. So it's referring to the end of their idda. Let's say their idda is supposed to end on the 25th of January, for example. So now, فَبَلَغْنَ أَجَلَهُنَّ Their idda is over. When their idda is over... And the man and the woman did not get together during that idda. Now what? Both are separated. Now they're both non-mahram to one another. Correct? So now she's going to leave the house of the husband. But then after some time, they want to get back together. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses the family of the woman, the wali the guardian of the woman, whether it is her father or her uncle, her grandfather, her brother, whoever. Allah addresses them that فَلَا تَعْضُلُوهُنَّ That do not prevent them. تَعْضُلُوهُنَّ عَيْنْ ضَادْ لَامْ An عَضَلَ is to prevent someone from doing something in a very harsh manner. To not allow them to do something at all. Like no questions asked, no discussion, nothing. That's it. Prohibition. You're not allowed at all. So Allah tells the guardians that, Oh you guardians, you should not prevent hunna, them, meaning the women who are under your care, who have been divorced by their husbands, ayyan kihna, that they marry from nikah. Who do they marry? Azwajahunna, their husbands, meaning their previous husbands, their former husbands. And azwaj is a plural of? Zawj. So if after their idda, the woman under your care, she wants to remarry her previous husband, then you don't prevent her. You don't prevent her. But there should be one thing that should be considered. That إِذَا تَرَاضَوْ بَيْنَهُمْ When تَرَاضَوْ Both of them mutually agree بَيْنَهُمْ Between themselves. How? بالمعروف In the manner that is appropriate. In the manner that is approved. تَرَاضَوْ From the root letters رَضَادْيَا رَضِيَا To be happy. Two. See the alif? It shows that there are two parties involved. Okay? So both mutually agree with one another. Who does both refer to? The man and the woman. The woman and her ex-husband who want to get back together again. So when they mutually agree بينهم between themselves بالمعروف in the manner that is appropriate, meaning that they intend to get married and they intend to fix things and they intend to live a better life compared to how they were living before. 
Meaning, there is an agreement between them that yes, we will not fight the way we used to, we will not argue the way we used to, we will not commit injustice against one another the way we used to, because there's always a reason why divorce takes place. Right? Either the woman is not being treated in a fair manner, or the husband is not being given his rights. So whatever the problems were, they're solved between the two of them. If that is the case, then let them get back together. That they both are willing to live with each other in a manner that is appropriate. But if, for example, the problem, the reason behind the divorce was that let's say the husband did not like the fact that the woman was working in a particular place. For example, you know, from that many arguments happened and both of them drifted away from each other and it created a lot of problems for them. But if still at that time the woman says that, no, I am going to continue to work here. Sorry, I'm not going to compromise. I am going to work here. So then if they get back together, what's going to happen? Same fights are going to start all over again. Right? If let's say the reason of the divorce was that the woman was saying that please, let's not live in this house. Let's not live in this setting. Let's move away from here for whatever reason. Then let's say that he was living in a city where there, for example, no relatives, no acquaintances, nothing. And she says, this is too difficult for me. I can't live like this. In a place where I can't drive, I don't have anybody to meet with. This is very difficult for me. So from that, the problems began. And if he says, no, you're going to come to me, you come here. I'm not moving from here. Then what's going to happen? Same problems again. Correct? So this is not going to be living with ma'roof. Both have to come to an agreement that yes, we're going to fix the things and this is how we're going to live. If both are happy with that, then let the women marry. Otherwise, don't. Because what's the point of sending the woman back into the same problem? What's the point of doing that? It's not going to make any sense. So, إِذَا تَرَضَوا بَيْنَهُمْ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ In a hadith we learn that Ma'qil ibn Yasar, a companion of the Prophet ﷺ, he gave his sister in marriage to a Muslim man. And what happened? She remained with her husband for some time and then he divorced her. He divorced her. And the idda was over and she went back to her parents' home. So Ma'qil, her brother, he was very upset that, you know, this man, he asked for my sister's hand in marriage. He kept her for some time and he divorced her and he sent her back. He was very hurt, very upset. And this is very normal. He was upset. But then after some time, both of them, the woman and her ex-husband, they want to get back together. So that man, he came to Ma'qil and he proposed. He said, please, I would like to marry your sister again. So he was very upset. He said, oh, ungrateful one. Oh, you ungrateful person, I honored you and married her to you, but you divorced her. Look at you, you're so ungrateful, you're so bad, I gave my sister to you and you divorced her. By Allah, she will never be returned to you. I will never allow her to go back to you because I don't want to be insulted like this again. I don't want that my sister, you know, she's not valued. So then... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He knew that both of them wanted to get back together. I mean, yes, the wife can forgive, right? The wife can let go of many things, so can the husband. But other people, they get upset, right? The family members, they get upset. So then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this verse. And when this verse was revealed, Marqil ibn Yasar, he said, I hear and obey my Lord. Sam'an li rabbi wa ta'a. That, oh my Lord, I hear and I obey. Because Allah said, فَلَا تَعْضُلُوهُنَّ Don't prevent them. 
and then he let her sister get married to her ex-husband. And this is a great lesson that many times in these situations, what happens? Our ego comes in. Right? Of the father, of the mother, of the relatives. And they say that, no, we cannot let this happen. They sent our daughter back. We are not going to give our daughter to them again. But if the woman wants to get married, if your daughter wants to get married to her ex-husband, then don't prevent her. You know why? Because the divorced woman has more, you can say right, she has more autonomy when it comes to her marriage. When it comes to a virgin, meaning a girl who has never been married before, when it comes to her marriage, then who has the authority? Her wali. Correct? Her wali has the authority. But it doesn't mean that he will just get her married without even her consent. No. But the wali has the authority, meaning the wali, if he does not agree, then that marriage cannot happen. But when it comes to a woman who was previously married, whether she's a widow or a divorcee, then in that case, who has more authority? That woman. She decides if she wants to get married or not, and her wali has to comply. Do you understand? Her wali has to comply. Her guardians have to comply. It is her decision. It doesn't mean that she can go and get married herself. No, she still needs the wali, but the wali will listen to her. Because her case is different. She knows about her situation better than her wali. She may have children. And for the sake of her children, she might want to get back with that same husband. And even if things are not picture perfect, but she knows that her children still need the father. Even if she doesn't get along with the father, her children need the father. So yes, she's willing to compromise, but her family may not be willing to compromise. Right? So she has more experience. She knows what's in the best interest of her children. So this is why she has been given more authority. In a hadith we learn, the Prophet ﷺ said that a matron, meaning the woman who has been previously married, she should not be given in marriage except after consulting her. And a virgin should not be given in marriage except after her permission. So the people asked that how will we seek permission from a virgin girl, meaning a young girl, what does she know? Many times people ask her, but she won't say anything, she's too shy. And you might say that, no, it doesn't happen now, but it used to happen before, and it still happens in some societies and some cultures. So the Prophet ﷺ said that her silence indicates her permission. Meaning if she doesn't object, if she's like smiling in a shy manner, then that means she's okay with it. But if she says, no, I don't want to, I don't think this is going to work, then you have to agree with her. So over here, we see the beautiful teachings of our religion that when a woman wants to get back together with her previous husband, then her family should not prevent her. In fact, they should allow for that marriage to take place. They should allow for that union to take place. They should cooperate with them. Yes. Exactly. This is for the first and the second divorce, the revocable one. When it comes to the final divorce, then we know that both cannot get back together unless, you know, she gets married to somebody else and so. And even in that case, it could happen that she gets married to somebody else and then divorce or that man dies and now she wants to get back together with that same first husband. So in that case, again, she should not be prevented. So anyway, إِذَا تَرَاضَوْ بَيْنَهُمْ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ there's another 
way that this verse has been interpreted. And what is that? That, فَلَا تَعْضُلُوهُنَّ تَعْضُلُوا You all do not prevent. This is not being addressed to the guardians of the woman, but it's referring to the ex-husband, the first husband. Okay? That you, former husband, you ex-husband, don't prevent her from getting married to somebody else. That you say, if she can't be married to me, she can't be married to anyone else. Because sometimes it may happen that a man and woman, they got married, the man, he divorced the woman, and now he doesn't want that she should be married to anyone. So if he finds out that, for example, a particular individual is proposing to her, he goes and he talks to him and says, don't get married to her at all. She's the worst woman that you could ever get married to. And he doesn't let that marriage happen. Sometimes it's not the man, but who is it? It's the family. They want to take revenge. They want to create misery and problems for the girl and her family. So they don't let that girl get married to anyone at all. And sometimes people, they stoop to the worst ways. And what is that? That sometimes they will use black magic and things like that to literally ruin the life of that woman and her family. Sometimes what people do, and this unfortunately is very common amongst Muslim countries, and this is a jahili and ignorant practice, which is a practice of injustice, that what people do is that they go into the house of that woman and they will throw acid on her face so that her face gets completely disfigured and no one will even consider to marry her. And this is not something that is very rare. No, it happens. It happens. That the ex-husband, his family, he prevents her from getting married to anyone else. Allah tells the people, فَلَا تَعْضُلُوهُنَّ Don't prevent them from getting married. Don't inflict so much injustice and harm on her and her family. Why would you do so? So what? If you could not get along with her, okay, your matter is over. Divorce has taken place. You go your way, let her go her way. You live your life, let her live her life. And this is such a big problem amongst, unfortunately, Muslims. You look at Western societies, it's not a problem at all. Two people were married, now they're divorced. Each will go their own way, they will get married. And when their children are getting married, both will come in. Haven't you heard of such stories? They're so common. A boy and a girl are getting married and the boy's parents, he will say that my parents are separated, but their spouses will also come. And there's no problem. There's no awkwardness. They accept it. So we should also accept it that yes, the marriage took place in the past, but now it's over. And both are happy the way they are right now. Yes. Yes. She can. So for example, a woman, she's divorced by her husband, only one divorce. Okay, it was a first divorce. Their idda, she spent in the house of the husband, they did not get together. So now her idda is over, both are non-maham, she will go her own way, she will go to her family's house. When she's there, can she get married to somebody else? She can. She has the freedom to do so. But people think she should not have the freedom. But Allah has given this freedom, and we are no ones to take that freedom away. So Allah says, فَلَا تَعْضُلُوهُنَّ أَن يَنْكِحْنَ أَزْوَاجَهُنَّ إِذَا تَرَاضَوْ بَيْنَهُمْ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ ذَلِكَ يُعْضُ بِهِ That يُعْضُ بِهِ He is admonished by it. يُعْضُ from وَعْضُ 
And what does that mean? Admonition, advice, instruction. So this instruction, this advice is being given to who? Man kana minkum. To the one minkum of you, yu'minu billahi wal yawmil akhir, who believes in Allah and the last day. Meaning the one who believes in Allah and the last day, he is being given this instruction. What instruction? That don't prevent them from getting married to their ex-husbands. And if you are the ex-husband, then don't prevent her from getting married to somebody else. Who will accept this instruction? Who will accept this command? The one who truly believes in Allah and the last day. Which means that if a person prevents the woman from getting married, then there is a problem with his, there is a problem with his iman. His iman is weak. Because his ego is preventing him. His ego is not letting him give somebody their right. His ego is making him commit injustice. ذَلِكَ يُعْضُ بِهِ مَنْ كَانَ مِنْكُمْ يُؤْمِنُ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ And Allah says, ذَلِكُمْ أَزْكَى لَكُمْ وَأَطْهَرِ ذَلِكُمْ That, O oh you all, it is أَزْكَى لَكُمْ وَأَطْهَرِ It is purer for you, cleaner for you. Azka, from the root letter zai, kaf, yeah, from the word tazkiyah. What is tazkiyah? Purification. The word zakat is also from the same root. And atahar from tahara, tahara, tuhur, cleanliness. So, this is much purer, much better, much cleaner for you, much more honorable for you. What? To let the woman and her ex-husband get back together. Or to let a woman get married to somebody else. Allah says it is cleaner. How is it cleaner? How is it more purifying? Notice the word azka and atahar. Both give the meaning of purification, but there is a difference. You know, tazkiya, azka, it's as though it's referring to spiritual cleanliness. Because when you allow for such a marriage to take place, then what are you sacrificing? Your ego. Isn't it? Isn't that a source of spiritual cleanliness? Purification of the soul? Isn't it? Because sometimes you don't want something to happen because you feel that it's humiliation for you, it's degradation for you. You are being insulted if you let your daughter go to her ex-husband. But what does Allah say? It will purify you more. You will sacrifice your ego here. You will be able to sacrifice your ego elsewhere at another time as well. So it is purer for your soul. And it is cleaner. Meaning it is much better that the two get married. Because if you force a woman to live a single life, or a man to live a single life, is it fair for them? Is it cleaner for them? No. Especially in this day and age. Even if a woman is divorced, it doesn't mean that she can never get married again. No, she has the right to remarry. She has the right to get married again. It's much cleaner for her, for her thoughts, for her heart, for her private parts. Because there are so many chances, so many ways of committing haram these days. When haram is accessible anywhere and everywhere. You know, we have made marriage so difficult. So difficult. That people find it easier to commit haram than commit halal. So Allah says it is purer. People think it is a source of humiliation for them if they get married to a divorced woman. This is not humiliation. It is purer for her. It is better for her. Likewise, if there was a man who was divorced, who has divorced his wife, now he wants to get married again, people think, oh, no way. Never at all. There is no harm in that. It is atahar. 
doesn't mean that if he got divorced, he's an evil person. He's not an evil person necessarily. His marriages did not work out. And like we discussed earlier, that divorce does not happen just because the two people are evil. No, two good people can also not get well along with each other. So, ذَلِكُمْ أَزْكَى لَكُمْ وَأَطْهَرُ وَاللَّهُ يَعْلَمُ وَأَنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ And Allah knows and you do not know. Meaning Allah knows the benefits and you don't know the benefits. Allah knows the good that might come about in the future. And you don't know about what might happen in the future. You think that if the woman wants to get married to a particular man, she's heading for disaster. She's heading for trouble. Or if she wants to get back with her ex-husband, she's ruining her life. But Allah says, I know and you don't know. It's quite possible that because of their sacrifice, their patience, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will reward them with happiness. Will reward them with the blessed union. So, Wallahu ya'lamu wa antum la ta'lamun. Let's listen to the recitation. وَإِذَا طَلَّقْتُمُ النِّسَاءَ فَبَلَغْنَ أَجَلَهُنَّ فَلَا تَعْضُلُوهُنَّ أَن يَنكِحْنَ أَزْوَاجَهُنَّ إِذَا تَرَاضَوْا إِذَا تَرَاضَوْا بَيْنَهُمْ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ ذَلِكَ يُوعَظُ بِهِ مَن كَانَ مِنكُمْ يُؤْمِنُ بِاللَّهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ ذَلِكُمْ أَزْكَى لَكُمْ وَأَطْهَرُ وَاللَّهُ يَعْلَمُ وَأَنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ Okay, one is talaq that is the right way, the masnood way of giving talaq, meaning that which is taught, approved by the sunnah. And the other is bid'i talaq, meaning that which is, has some bid'ah in it. Okay? So, it doesn't mean that if a person gives divorce to the wife when she is having her period, that divorce will not take effect. No, it will take effect. But, in doing that, the man has disobeyed Allah, so he will be sinful for doing that. Okay? You understand? So, there are certain rules that a person has to follow when giving divorce. If he doesn't follow the procedure properly, it doesn't mean that divorce will not take place. It will. But he will be sinful for disobeying the commands of Allah, for mocking at the rules that Allah has given. Because these rules Allah did not reveal, so we disobey them. Allah revealed these rules so that we follow them. And if we don't follow them, we are mocking at them. And it doesn't fit a believer to do that at all.